Did you ever feel that creative people, artists, designers are poles apart from tech nerds, digital geeks and system experts? Well, they aren't really. It is very much possible to put design and tech in the same box. And that's exactly what my guest on the show has been doing in her business. So let's learn from her how easy or difficult it was for her to build such a business. Fall in love with selling as you acquire the right mindset, selling style and sales process that helps you take your business solution to more prospects, potential clients and the world at large. If you are a women entrepreneur who is looking to get more sales, scale and sustainability in your business, you have reached the right place. I'm Roshni Baronia. Your host for the show is The Sales, which is all about helping you bring your authentic and influential self to each sales conversation. Hey, Lindsay, so happy to have you on the show. Welcome to Ace the I am so happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, so my name is Lindsay. I'm a graphic designer and tech strategist over at lindsayallison.com. And I've been in business now for, I think, almost going on five years. I feel like it's going very, very quickly. And awesome. in this time... <laughs> I know it goes by so fast. It is yeah. insane. I started primarily with design and then I started to pull in my technical background. So now I kind of merged the two and I I love it. I'm a big systems person and making sure you get your stuff set up right and working so you can make those sales, not have to worry about that side of your business. So it kind of runs on autopilot and is working. And I just really love helping fellow female entrepreneurs grow and systematize and everything in their business. Right. Wow, awesome. So you essentially put design and tech together, which can be mm-hmm. scary, actually, <laughs> for many people, but uh, not for others. But um, do tell me this is kind of intriguing, because uh, you seem to be operating from two different corners of the brain. So like one is the creative head, another is the analytical head. So how do you balance the both? And how do you make it work for your business? Yeah, so I think it's funny. When I was younger, I I've always been a big like math and science person. My grandpa's an aerospace engineer and we used to live with him. So I'd always sit on his lap and we would talk about the space station and he would teach me, you know, how to fix cars or electrical stuff. So it's like, I always kind of had that analytical part of my brain. And I even went, started school as like a computer science, computer engineering major. And Mm -hmm. a lot of personal stuff happens and it was just taking me forever to finish. So I randomly switched to journalism because kind of in that time period as well at 11, my grandpa surprised me and we built my first computer. That was my birthday present. So I quickly discovered they were, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Drag and drop doll website. It's probably going to date me a little bit, but they were really big when I was like 11 years old. And I taught myself how to code by just looking at the back end of somebody's website because you didn't have all the fancy tools that you do, you know, now. And I just use notepads. So I taught myself how to code. And then with that, when you're creating your own website, you know, you start to learn design. So in college, I finally did journalism and I got to kind of focus more on the creative side. I took all of the magazine design classes, you know, obviously there was writing. So I kind of got to do both. Now in my business, sometimes I need to decide at what point kind of 
which area is running the show for this particular project for this particular day. But that means because I do think they're integrated, you know, if, Mm -hmm. if something works, like on the tech side, but it's not pretty. And I kind of say that in quotes, because it doesn't need to be like pink and frilly, it just needs to be designed well, you know, to keep people's attention and flow and user experience. So if it's if it works, but it's not designed well, so people, you know, leave, you've lost them anyway. So it doesn't matter if it works. Whereas if something looks great, it's well designed, but it doesn't work, you've still lost them anyway. So I think, you know, they go together fantastic. And with with the design, you don't have to have something so unique or so different. Actually, that's probably kind of discouraged a little bit because it doesn't always give the best user, you know, the best user experience. People have learned that, you know, your navigation on your website tends to be at the top or in American culture or English, you read from left to right. Sorry, I had to like Right. (laughs) But, you know, so so you have these like certain standards. And while, yes, sometimes going out of the box is fun, I think people get stuck thinking they have to be so unique or so creative when really the main thing is it just needs to look nice and just getting some simple learning what colors go well together, which you can easily just Google like preset color palettes if that's not your thing, you know, not getting too many fonts, sticking to like two to three and not getting super creative, which I think was like a thing back in the day. And really, just a lot of like white space and giving your design room to breathe. Because I think again, people get stuck thinking it has to be so beautiful. It has to be so creative when really you just need to have like these basic design principles to make it look nice. And I actually think that the functionality is the most important thing. So you need to make sure something works. Because again, if you catch somebody's attention, but they can't purchase from you or your site breaks or, you know, they get lost, you're going to lose them. So I think they work together, but you don't need to be so create, like you don't need to be so so creative or so unique. And I think that's where people tend tend to get lost or tend to be frightened on the design side. I mean, designing is fun, but you just... You don't have to overthink uh, it. Thank you. You don't need to overthink it. Mm Unnecessarily complicated that uh, it has to be out of the box and one in the world kind of a thing, but it has to be Mm -hmm. functional and just gives the right amount of information that a person is wanting to have from that particular sales page or web page, whatever they are going mm-hmm. through they should just have the right amount of information exactly great and great uh, design tips also you've given basic keep white spaces and mm-hmm. keep minimalistic readable fonts so yes. i also hear that uh, you are a systems expert you love systems and uh, you mm-hmm. are combining it with creativity so tell us a little bit more about uh, why do you think it is so important for people to have the same thing in their website. And if they are not able to do this integration, like as you said, what actually they are missing out on, how it is countering their uh, objectives from that particular website or the design plus tech integration that they are trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll take it from the website. You know, you, there's a lot of debate, like, do you really need a website? Do you not? I am 100% pro website especially in 2021. I mean, that doesn't mean that you need a full complex built out website like an Amy Porterfield, you know, (laughs) or something when you're just starting out. But I think you do need some sort of web presence and really your your website and making sure it's connected and integrated to your right systems, because I believe most of your audience is probably service providers or along that sort, because we're, you know, we're doing sales, they're selling their, their programs or their services or whatever. You need to make sure 
where, you know, it's kind of hooked up and automated. Like we have great tools now that you can get an intake form where you gather all the right information you need from somebody. They can book a call all at once without ever having to actually talk to you in the process without having to email back and forth going, does this time work? Does this time work? And, you know, like wasting all that time. And I think Mm -hmm. it helps you come off as more professional because you're not only respecting your own time, you're respecting the potential clients or customers, you know, time as well. Like even for this podcast, you sent me a booking link, right? So we weren't going back and forth on does this time work? Does this, it just gives kind of that autonomy and it helps people be more, more productive. And that's not to say there isn't a time for one-to-one communication or interaction, but like your, your website, it needs to be hooked up because it's basically your 24 seven, like salesperson. It's up all the time. Somebody needs to be able to go there and find that information that they want. I feel in in this day and age, like I'm this way, I prefer to look at everything on somebody's website or something first before jumping on a call. So I have some sort of an idea. I know some people are a little bit different, but for me, that makes me feel better. I know some people want to jump on a call right away. So it's like, I feel you need to have both of those options. And that's where your website, you know, exactly comes into play. So you can play and cater to kind of both of those different types of people, because they're going to be people that just read the sales page and need nothing else. There are going to be people that just want to call on nothing else. And there might be people in the middle who want to read the sales page, then hop on a call for more questions. So I think, you know, having that integration where it saves you time, it helps cater to your audience, helps be mindful of their time is just helpful. And this is where I think you can get creative with the systems that you're using. But again, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't want to make something so difficult to try to get in contact with you or try to find the information that you need because you think you're being clever or, you know, or fun or like have some fun name for like your contact page when really it should just be like contact in your navigation, you know? So it's like, you can be creative, but you also need to have these kind of set proven systems that people come to expect. And then you can have a little bit of fun, but you Mm -hmm. want to, you don't want to lose people. Cause if I was trying to contact somebody and there was nothing called contact form or like contact page or anything, anywhere close to that, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to waste my time trying to search for something or like, yeah, especially like with services, I've gone to people's websites and they have all of their services, but there's not actually a way to connect with them to work or they get sent to a general contact form. And I'm like, oh, you're missing. You are so like missing the point and missing this important step to make it easier for everyone all around. Exactly. And I think these small little details and in general, the look and feel of your website, even if it is a one page website or a portfolio website kind of a thing, it does give a sense of the kind of person you are, the liking you have, whether you are like a an over-the-top kind of a person who is very colorful and flamboyant Mm -hmm. and fun-loving, or you are uh, more sophisticated and uh, minimalistic and uh, very calm and quiet kind of a person. So I think Mm -hmm. a website in terms of simplicity or the way it is designed gives a lot of information about who you are as a person. It is a representation Mm -hmm. of your brand, your persona, your thought process. And that in it, in a way, acts like a brochure, an Mm -hmm. early teaser for a person who is choosing to get on a call with you or choosing to work with you or invest you or even know more about you. 
as simple mm-hmm. as that. Exactly. So, so yeah, that is very, very important. Like you said, keep it very simple, both design wise and uh, systems wise and contact wise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great. So uh, coming to you as an entrepreneur, uh, Lindsay, what keeps you creatively stimulated and uh, then on the other hand how do you keep up with the pace of all the tech advancements happening every single day because in the tech world what is happening today maybe three months down the line it will be obsolete while creativity and design is a so slow process it uh, iterates Mm -hmm. and develops and that takes time to come by so both are like poles apart and contradictions (laughs) so as an entrepreneur like how do you manage to do that Mm -hmm. So on the creativity side of things, I think it's a combination. A lot of times I just need to walk away Mm -hmm. and like get offline. So I will, I'm going to sound really old, but I like to cross stitch. So it's it's, nice. That's that's the same uh, hobby uh, for me, like to disengage. I do cross Uh stitch and it reminds me of my granny. So yeah. Yeah. My mom does it. (laughs) Yeah. So I love it. I, I have been cross stitching a lot lately to kind of get off. I like to read um, both fiction and nonfiction. And then sometimes just getting outside. I know it's a little bit difficult, you know, right now because we're still Mm -hmm. in the pandemic. So I can't just like go on a day trip or something anywhere and just kind of fully get outside. But I walk around my apartment complex or right around the area. We have a few small trails. So that does help kind of get out of the house, you know, of the house. And then I do scroll on Instagram sometimes at night and I like will screenshot some different design trends that I see happening or styles that I like and then think how can I make it work for me because again you don't need to reinvent the wheel you'll notice that design trends come and it's like yeah I mean you also need to figure out a way for you to stand out but they're working for a reason which is why people are using them and they're still using the same style so again you don't need to reinvent the wheel but and I also think you know no design trend is necessarily new a lot of stuff is coming back in style or they're taking inspiration from say like architecture or paintings or they're taking inspiration from other places and just translating it into these like social media graphics or website graphics graphics. So it's kind of taking the step away. And then um, also just seeing what's trending and think about do I like it? Yes, no, why that might be? Would this fit in with my brand too? Because you mentioned earlier on the website, you know, if you're a more like energetic, outspoken, fun, spunky brand, that's going to come across in your imagery in your colors, you know, in your fonts and everything, you might have a few fun extra things on your website. So it's like something like that. If I'm a little bit more muted and minimal, it's not going to work for me, even if I like, because it's just not going to work with the brand. So, you know, kind of looking at that way. Then on the tech side, (laughs) that's always changing. So I like to test systems myself. I'm lucky right now. And I do have a few contract positions, which opens me up to a bunch of different clients. And I swear I am trying like a new tool or a new feature in a tool, at least on a weekly basis. But even for myself, I, I like trying new tools and I've been in a lot of tools. And I think what goes in is I I think about like the standards overall. So like with an email marketing platform, Mm -hmm. you need certain features, you know, you're going to need to be able to do certain things. So even as these new tools come out, or these these old ones, like you think about what's needed in this day and age, like, does this even work? Is this worth learning? Or should I just like, I'm not a MailChimp fan, just because I don't think it works as it's supposed it, 
I don't think it's evolved with the times and it doesn't work as well as some of these newer things. And, you know, it's just like looking at the features and trying. And again, like I said, I'm a big systems person. So I like to make sure stuff is set up the right way from the beginning. So when I talk about or when I'm teaching somebody or getting somebody set up, I always set it up so they know what's going on. Like for the email marketing, for example, or on websites, when you just call something a webinar or like sales page, Mm -hmm. it's like, is this going to be the only webinar or the only sales page this person is ever going to have? Most likely not. So like when you're not being descriptive or you're not thinking about what might happen in the future, you're not setting yourself up for success because I've gone into so many people's accounts and it's, and I'm basically hired to clean up somebody else's mess because it wasn't set up right. So it's like with the tech stuff, even when you're doing it yourself, you need to think, okay, this is where I'm at now, but where am I going to be in a month or in a year? Or like, how can I make sure that, you know, a year from now I look back and I know what this tag was for, what this page was for, like, how am I going to know? So, and I think that's also where the creativity comes in a little bit because sometimes you need to be get creative with how you're naming stuff. And it's just, so I think it kind of all still integrates together, but you just trying the new tech stuff though. Um, I'm not a big like article person. So it's not like, like I don't go to like TechCrunch or like all of those, like, I don't even know, as you can tell, I don't actually read <laughs> them that often. So like whatever, like the tech blogs or stuff are, I'm much more of a jumping in and testing it. Cause like I said, the, the best practices or whatever are pretty similar, no matter like for web sites, the best practices are similar, no matter if you're on WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, whatever. For email, it's the same best practices, no matter if I'm on, you know, MailChimp, ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, Kartra, you know, any of those things. So it's just, I like to jump right in. And then if I need to Google or YouTube something real quick, that's when it happens. But I'm always up for a challenge and trying a new a new tool because you never know the n- next best new tool might be coming out, you know, today. Yeah. You, you don't know, but if you stay stuck, in what you've been using forever, you're never going to be open. The unsexy secret of growing sales is that not everyone is great at strategic planning. But did you know that you are 42% more likely to achieve your income goals if you have a system that motivates, tracks and improves your progress on a daily basis? The Personal Sales Planner is that very intuitive and holistic sales planning tool which can help you break down your lofty income goals into manageable milestones and doable daily actions. And guess what? You have to spend just 10 minutes with it every single day. So grab your sales planner from bit.ly slash psp-37. The link is given in show notes. It is the only tool you would ever need to do your sales planning. So grab your link from the show notes. It is bit.ly slash psp-37. So it's more about uh, like having the step-by-step system in place, irrespective Mm -hmm. of what tools you use to Mm -hmm. make that system uh, implementable in your business. And one important piece that you highlighted is to have that futuristic view and Mm -hmm. to know early on that where it will be in the next one year or how it will evolve. So whatever you are working on today, what it will be one year down the line, what's the next level. So Mm -hmm. having that future 
futuristic vision while you are designing that system or creating that design so that is something That's which key. helps yes great and coming to your business and your uh, experience as an entrepreneur so what was some teething problems you experienced in your business and how did you solve them so like you've said it's been like more than 5 years for you to do it, this business mm-hmm. what was it like when you just started out yeah so i think the hardest part in all of business is really figuring out what you want to do and what you know cuz it's a combination of what you're good at what people are going to pay for you know it's kind of that intersection so when most people are just starting out and i was no different it's like you think you know what you want to do like i started out primarily just design like social media graphic packs headers those types of stuff and i slowly started you know evolving into doing more websites and then realizing oh hey i have all of this tech experience and i like that it's challenging so you start to evolve so I think the biggest problem that I've experienced and I think a lot of other people is thinking that the business like you start with is going to be your business forever and that it's not okay to evolve. Now, I'm not saying that it, you should be changing what you do like every single week or something because I've seen people do that <laughs> and that's not helpful because nobody's going to know what you do, but it's allowing yourself the time to hone in on those pieces. Like I'm a designer and it I won't take on somebody just starting that wants a website because I think it's a waste of money, you know, for them because you don't know what you're doing. You're not set in your brand yet and you need to allow yourself the time to figure it out and just know that that's part of the process and there's nothing wrong with that and it's totally okay because my business is way different than it was at the beginning and I'm still pivoting slightly where I think my focus is actually going to be primarily on tech and I mean we're recording this in April of 2021 mm-hmm. I'm hoping sometime by the end of the year my main focus is actually teaching tech skills to other people like that's where I'm trying to go but I would have never thought that just starting out so I've allowed myself to naturally grow and evolve as my skills have grown and evolved. And I've realized what I enjoy doing and what is my kind of genius zone. Right. And that is so relevant and important for all business owners to identify that what is their zone of genius? What is it that they enjoy the most? Because everyone needs something or the other. There is a market for everything in the world. It's just about identifying what you find peace with, what you love doing, and uh, then honing on to it and nailing down your niche in working around that area, because that's when you will be the happiest. Mm-hmm. I agree. Great. So yeah, uh, Lynn, See, it was uh, lovely to have this conversation with you. Any closing remarks or messages? you would like to share with the listeners? I just think I would like to close with because like I said, I do a lot of tech and design. And as you touched on, a lot of people think it's so scary is that you can do anything you put your mind to. It's okay if something doesn't come easy right away. I feel nothing worth having ever comes, you know, easy. I'm kind of doing this in quotes because I think easy is a little bit of a relative, you know, word, but just kind of keep at it. And the biggest thing is you also don't need to do everything. So if 
if you do something and it's not worth your time or you just hate it or it's just not clicking, don't hesitate to outsource or, you know, or something because you don't have to do it all yourself. Actually, I'd say that's another one of the biggest problems is thinking you have to do everything yourself. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm at that point too, where I'm finally starting that I'm going to start outsourcing a little bit, you know, five, five years in. So thinking you don't have to, like, you don't have to do everything yourself. And, and as you mentioned before, finding what works for you is really what's going to make you the happiest. So it's like, I can share all of these things, but if it doesn't resonate or fit with you, that's totally okay because we are all different and we all approach stuff different ways. So what works for me might not work for you and, and vice versa. I don't think there's necessarily one way to do anything in this world. You know, there's not one way to create a successful business at all. So yes, rightly said. So kudos to you, Lindsay. And uh, yeah, it was lovely to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. I'm sure you were able to find some key learnings and takeaways from today's episode, which will help you grow your business to the next level. And if that's the case, make sure that you share this episode with two of your business buddies because you never know that they might also find some insight which will help them in their business. Knowledge, after all, grows by sharing it further, right? So do share it with two of your business buddies. Also, if you like Ace the Sales podcast, consider sharing five-star review and rating on Apple iTunes because that will help us take the podcast to many more women just like yourself who are looking to find sales success in their business. Also, it will mean the world to us, especially myself and my team who are putting loads of efforts to bring this podcast to you. And lastly, remember to connect with me on Instagram at Roshni underscore Baronia because I would love to know more about you, your business and what is it that you need help with when it comes to selling so connect with me on instagram leave a review and share the podcast with two of your business buddies i will meet you next thursday stay tuned and stay safe and happy selling